If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Max Hoberman from Certain Affinity, and when I'm not making awesome multiplayer games, I'm listening to IGN's Podcast Unlocked. Podcast Unlocked. What is happening, everybody? This is Podcast Unlocked, episode 188. A couple of familiar... And semi-new faces this You're week. Jeff, right? No. Oh. <laughs> it's me. It's Sean. Oh, hi, Sean. How's it going? We work near each other. It's I'm Max true. Scoville. <laughs> I usually sit... Nice to meet you. Yes, nice to see you as well. Uh, <laughs> That's what we going? do on this show. We yeah. just make... Make we, introductions. We gaps. I'm so bad, I'm so bad with, with names. It's incredible. One of our guys, Mike, who works on the YouTube team, we had the, that indie mixer during GDC. Yeah. And everyone's kind of hanging out by our desks and sort of having, having beers and chit-chatting and stuff. And I don't know if he put on a different shirt or something, but I went up and introduced myself to him, and he just looked at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, everyone was like, he works like 20 feet from you. And I was like, he, he wore a different shirt. The lights were, he had a beer. He never has a beer during do? the day. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I just, I, yeah, the inside of my head just turns to screams, and I stay up at night. And just can't <laughs> so, say. yes, that gentleman is the mighty Max Scoville. I don't know why you let me come on here to say things. <laughs> because... I like you. Well, you're, and that's you're really very sweet. It's the only bar you got to meet. Oh, I just have Aww. to like you because there are so many people I don't like. That's right. That is really nice that you like me. I, I'm, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, you're a nice guy. What well, can thanks. I say? It's uh, you let me on your comedy button podcast once. Yeah, that was super. That was nice. awesome. You're talking about like, return the favor. You talked about a car. Yeah, yeah. Cars and Calvin and Hobbes and what uh, are we? What are we talking about today? Today. So much to get to. Besides, know, right? there's the uh, thing no one cares about, which is that I was sick over the weekend. That was a blast. But I back. care, Ryan. I and care. Marty's out sick. Yeah. Uh, I think from him and I cuddling a lot. He's got that bloodborne he... disease. Like us, like so many. This yeah. Week. So many people. <laughs> uh, Sean Finnegan, are you well? Are you doing all right? Yeah. You know, uh, besides under besides being under some really tight and stressful deadlines, I am fine health wise. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, I was up in frigid Montreal, Quebec, Canada last week. Oh, hmm. man. Which may have been where I got sick, or it could have been the plane, could have been. But then everyone here has been sick, so yeah. I basically was just assaulted from all angles. 
Yeah, Montreal in the winter is not. I mean, it, I guess it's really spring. It was but... mid March, yeah. and snow was piled to your waist. <laughs> I was just like, "What is that?" It was fourteen degrees. This wow. office is really kind of a petri dish because you get people flying out oh, to different conventions and getting on airplanes during oh, cold yeah. season and going to like Poland and Montreal and, and then we all the sit like and, right next to each and it's other. So, and yeah, like, there's, there's no offices. And, yeah, you would think we'd all be like doctors by now and have like super powered immune systems. Yeah, I think we're just shy of that. You know? Yeah, we're like, on just, the cusp. Yeah. Next flu season, we're all going to be <laughs> in good shape. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so look for, I've got a ton of new Rainbow Six Siege content. That's what I was up there to do. Nice. Look for that to drop on Monday morning. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting for you all, for you all to look at. Uh, the other quick thing, I think both of you might have, I don't know if either one of you were involved in this, but did you guys see the, like, it takes a lot at this point. I know this sounds kind of like egotistical of me to say, but it kind of takes a lot to impress me with the pack-in toys on collector's editions for games now. Yeah. We, we see uh-huh. them all, and a lot of them are just like, oh, okay, that's a And statue. are you talking about the Borderlands one? I am absolutely talking about the, the radio-controlled claptrap with the voice synthesizer. Wow. I haven't, I haven't seen the actual device yet, but um, numerous people have pulled me aside to talk about it, and I will say that I think that uh, that 2K is really, like, they're the, one of the only game companies that's really on point with merchandising and phys- in a physical sense. Yeah. Like, you know, you'll get the collector's editions with the statues and stuff, uh, but they're the only ones who, in addition to that, also have um, action figures. Like, the Borderlands toys from NECA are fantastic. Right. Uh, there's some there's some well, cool statues and stuff. They did, they, they've got new Evolve action figures coming out. They did the, remember the WWE 2K15 collector's edition? The, the, like, the super one that had a literal chunk of game, of match-used canvas signed by Hulk Hogan. Wow. Like, they did that last year. How many do you think they made of those before think, they ran out was, of the canvas? I want to say it was either 1,000 or 10,000. That's nuts. I don't remember, but he signed them all. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's always cool when you get like an actual, like a cool little, little yeah. gizmo. Like and there this, was that Titanfall one, there was yes. the Saints Row dubstep gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But man, this, this RC claptrap, I was on my way to the bathroom and they were shooting, oh, right. the guys were shooting uh, unboxing. the unboxing. And I'm walking by, walking by, and I sort of saw it at the corner of my eye, so I just go by. I'm gone. And it was like a cartoon. I just <laughs> I was like, and then like craned Backed my neck up. back. Yeah. And it, I completely did. It's, it literally stopped me in my tracks. And uh, Vince was over. There's a smartphone app that goes with it. Wow. That's he, nuts. He was, in a, he was in another room where he could see us through glass. And he, st- he starts talking to me through. And it's a it has a synthesizer oh on it. So it kind of sounds like Claptrap. That's so amazing. It's so cool. Like I That's was, insane. I was I, duly impressed by this thing. I can understand like a little like a little remote control, but like a full-on app? Yeah. That's and cool. It, it was, you know, it was a good size. It was probably a foot tall, maybe bigger, maybe even foot oh, and I, a half. Yeah, I would huh. say maybe 18 inches 18? or so. Yeah. yeah. Like it looks pretty tall. It's like this tall. Yeah, it was a uh, so I heard that they're all sold out. I'm like sure it was a they super are. Super limited thing, yeah. and, uh, but boy, so yeah, if you get one or if your buddy does, make sure to like I I suggested we go down the streets of San Francisco and troll people with it, like hit on girls oh. with it, and uh, you know all kinds of stuff. Oh man, I'll bet any any video better. where IGN people go hit on women. Hashtag is, one reason why. Yeah, the worst <laughs> video or the best or video. hit on guys. Well, both. That's well, worse. we've sent you know we you know we had a lot of ideas with Alfredo. Like Pokemon pickup lines was a video right. we always wanted to do. Never got around to it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm super down for nice collectibles in collector's editions because I was burned by the one and only Halo Three helmet edition. Uh, the one the that cat was the, oh, yeah, it would only fit a cat. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I bought it thinking like I'm gonna wear this because that's what cool guys in college do wear Halo helmets. And instead, it sat on top of my fridge, and then I think I left it in my apartment. 
Those always reminded me of those oh, those little tiny baseball helmets that they give out. At, like, <laughs> yeah. I, they put ice cream in them. Yeah. You're just like, oh, great. This is cool. What am I going to do with this? Yeah. See, I love the um, – one of my favorite collector's editions is the Max Payne 3-1 that had that cool sort Which of statue one? of oh, Max yeah, Payne yeah. walking with a gun, yes. doing his gun thing. But the thing that I don't think they really anticipated is they used like – I think they used PVC to make it. It wasn't like a polystone or like a hard plastic or mm. anything. And it – melted sort of it gradually he gradually <laughs> just became melt? more and more sideways so by uh, we had it we had it up in my old my old office at uh, rev3 games and it was a sitting up on this on this kind of uh, you know shelf type thing and in the year and, and some change that we had it up there he gradually went from being like walking tall looking real tough you know to walking at exactly like a like a 45 degree angle was he like in the sun or just like through I regular wear and tear? I honestly think it was just kind of regular wear and tear. Huh. It might have been a little bit of sunlight, but it wasn't like – we wasn't melting on a dashboard. You right. know, It was just like in an office. Uh, but I kind of like it because it really fits the character <laughs> who's like drunk and whacked out on painkillers <laughs> right. and in bullet yeah. time anyway. So I just like to think that maybe it's well, – you know, It was by design. It's, it's meta commentary because yeah. the, in the throughout the course of the game, Max Payne's sort of melts as right. a human being, right? I mean it would be cool if they, if they made Art. it so he's like his hair <laughs> melted off or something and he just <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like that though. Oh man! Um, but really, it was that wasn't could have been a a better made collectible. <laughs> yeah, just regular melting, just sitting on a shelf. That's not what I want. So yeah, check out that the Borderlands claptrap unboxing video on IGN if you haven't seen it already. I'm sure it's probably in the on the Xbox One app somewhere mm-hmm. too. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully you can track it down. Uh, and then yeah, the only other thing I wanted to comment on before we get going is I tried. I've, uh, the Sling app launched on Xbox One. Right. I don't know if you guys are like me. I cut the cord on mm-hmm. cable satellite a while ago, and so I just kind of pick up shows here and there online. Yeah, kind of the same way. Um, Sling seems pretty good so far. Yeah. I, I've uh, watched it a little bit, and it's it's 20 bucks a month for a handful of useful channels. You mm. can get sort of $5 add-on packs for sports and news. Yeah. That... But, those cha- but those add-on channels were things I'd barely even heard of. Uh-huh. But so just but this, the 20 bucks gets you uh, ESPN, AMC, TNT, TBS. And it, in fact, last night I was like, hmm, oh, there's a basketball game on TNT. Let's see if it's blacked out. Because, you know, it's like yeah. it's not actual TNT. Right. Nope. Game was on. That's oh, really that's cool. Awesome. That's fantastic. That was, yeah. And the quality was, was acceptable. On I was going to say, TV like, I, and, you know... I cut the cord a long time ago, too. Like, yeah. maybe right after college, I would say, so five or six years ago now. And one of the things I really miss about it is sports. Like, I can't – I right. used to watch a ton of NBA and a ton of, like, uh, MLS and EPL, like mm-hmm. soccer. And uh, that, like, now I don't watch any sports at all just because I don't want to have to go out to a bar or mm-hmm. to, like, a sports bar yeah. or something to watch it. Like, I'm just not like that. I'm lazy. Yeah. So if I – you know, 20 bucks seems a little steep for a monthly thing, but if it gets me all of the stuff that I want to see in terms of sports, I'm actually quite for that. That's really cool. That's well, cool. Yeah. I mean, One thing that I miss about TV, and like I've never been into sports, but I, I've realized as I've gotten older, is that like having TV that's live and on a schedule, it kind of motivates you to actually get your stuff done. Yeah. You know, like it's having a structure in place, and it's <laughs> yeah, I used to be I like, see that. I want to do this, and it, you, it, you kind of just are more aware of, of your use of time. And with this kind of on-demand culture we have, and the fact that you can be like, I can watch nine seasons of something in one sitting, and like... You know, Netflix would be like, are you alive? Are you still breathing? <laughs> Press X if you're still alive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, literally, it's like, can you show some sign of life? Contractually, we're obligated to make sure you didn't just die and your cats are eating your eyelids and the neighbors are banging on the door because there's a smell. Um, but, like, 
I miss, I miss that that kind of that structure and the, and the also the fact that you don't have to think about it. You know, mm-hmm. there's yeah. so much of that kind of like aimless video store wandering around that we get on 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 demand stuff Very where it's true. like, I don't want anything. I'm mm-hmm. I'm feeling fussy. It's like opening the fridge and being like, uh, is there anything I want to eat? But like, you turn on the TV and something's on. It's like hearing a song on the radio. You know, somebody else picked out. They're like, here's the thing we're doing right now. I was in like a bar and they were showing the the Matrix oh. Revolutions and the Dark Knight Rises back to back and I'm like, all Whoa. right, disappointing <laughs> third movie. This is great. That's why I like uh, Pandora versus same here versus Completely. Spotify. By yeah. the way, like no, I have no problem with Spotify, yeah. but I like that Pandora sort of curates things for me and you know it's that surprise factor of oh, what song that it thinks I'm gonna like. Mm-hmm. Is and it going to put on? And occasionally, net? it's also it's really tedious. But other times, it's that it, the flip side of that is that you're really you're really satisfied when something good yes. comes on. You're like, oh yeah, I love this song, and you're like, yeah. I could buy this song immediately, but I didn't. You it's know? the surprise yeah. factor. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Being given something you're not quite expecting. So yeah, yeah uh, the sling thing. I just figured I'd mention it because it is a sort of a big deal on on uh, as a new app. And, it's a hell of a deal and, compared to PlayStation's offering, which is. Rolling out gradually, the PlayStation View is like oh, yeah. 50, fifty bucks a month, and it's oh, only man. some what? things are on. Yeah, it's it's really it it feels very beta, but with like a full price tag, and hmm. so twenty bucks a month with something that doesn't have blackout and, stuff. Uh, and I did see it does say on there every every Xbox Live Gold member gets a one month free trial to it. So that's so definitely try it. That's a hot deal. Yeah. All right. Uh, for once. Big news broke just before we came on the air <laughs> instead of just after, which is what usually happens. Halo Online that you'll never get to play. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a bit. A uh, pl- lot of big news this week. We'll kick it off. One reason Max here, Max is here is to discuss some big Metal Gear news. Kojima news you may have already heard about. We'll be right back. IGN's number one Xbox podcast. The podcast on love presents... All right, let's talk Metal Gear. Metal uh, Gear. This is Metal Gear. This is a very, very interesting story to me. This broke, of course, just after last week's podcast. So it's a karmic, karmic trade-off. We got this Halo thing that just broke. We're going to talk about, but we just missed all this Kojima stuff. So if you missed it, Gamespot. Credit to them. They dug this up. Source confirmed to Gamespot. So I guess we can't officially say this is real. Because it's not like nothing's a, official announced. here. Yeah, this is all this is all very big speculation. For the, yeah, for the purposes of this conversation, we're going to we're going to go ahead and go with the premise that it's real. Mm-hmm. But just the caveat is, it's not officially officially real. So, according to Gamespot source, Hideo Kojima and his team are out at Konami after Metal Gear Solid Five, amid some serious headbutting with management at Konami. Uh, now, Max, you're a big Metal Gear guy. Yes. I'm very curious to hear what you think. I have some distinct opinions on this as a someone mm-hmm. who's just indifferent to Metal Gear. I sure. don't dislike it. I don't I don't so, like it. But, yeah, you talk to me. First, first things first, I think it's really worth pointing out something that's kind of just not really addressed directly in the States. And that's the fact that Konami does a lot of other stuff besides video games in yes. Japan. They make exercise equipment. They mm-hmm. make bottled water. They make karaoke machines. They make, like, pachinko machines. And I mean, they make they make bottled water. Like that's that's weird to me. That's pretty over weird. here. They make video games. That's it. You know, they might make a few that are like you know kind of bigger hits, but it's over there. They it's much more of like, um, I mean, there's yeah. not even there's not even a corresponding company yeah. that I can think we, of. We only know yeah. Konami as a video game company. Precisely. Um, so. In that sense, it can seem a little bit baffling that like, why would they do that? That's their that's their big thing. And the thing is, it's uh, that's it, 
Kojima spends a lot of money on his games. He puts a lot of money in his games and he takes a long time to make his games. And they're not accessible, really. They're difficult games to get into. Mm-hmm. And Kojima is also very much an auteur. Like he, he wants to be pushing the medium so much further, but you know, uh, on the scale he does it, it, that costs a ton of money. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I'm I'm really curious to see what the Phantom Pain is like because I think that it could be. I think it's going to be technically incredibly sound, but it could be an absolute, a complete, uh, cluster funk of a of a thing. Excuse <laughs> my pardon my French. Um, Hold on, I'm going to hit the buzz, hit the beeper on you here, <laughs> hit the button. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's Metal Gear Solid is is like a tw- it's a 25 year, like sprawling epic of of intertwining plot twists and and stuff that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And Kojima's really really committed to it, in spite of the fact that he's always been like, "This is my last Metal Gear game. <laughs> this is my last Metal Gear game." He's been saying that since two. That's true. Two ended on a cliffhanger, and he didn't really want to address it. And then he did three, which was sort of a weird prequel, but it seemed almost like it wanted to be its own game. And then four was trying to tie up the loose ends of two and it didn't really do that and then peace walker was a uh game that a lot of people really liked so do you uh, think that with kind of this kerfluffle happening and him we released a video on ign like if the beginning of last month or earlier this month where he was like metal gear solid 5 is definitely my last metal gear game at least for me the franchise may continue and stuff uh he said that before is just your point but like Mm -hmm. do you think it's any more or less solidified now that there's kind of like this I guess anticipation the, of him being out. The kind of haunting realization is that it doesn't this doesn't seem far fetched in one mm-hmm. one bit. Like, like here's the other thing is like, do you think, let's say he still does want to make Metal Gear in the future, can he do a Metal Gear game elsewhere? No, Konami owns it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm with you, Max. I actually think uh, that if he wants to make go make video games, and this is nothing. I don't <laughs> know him personally. I've never met him. Yeah, but just based on what you're saying, which I agree with about. His games have become more and more insular as time has gone on. You know, they're not... Mm-hmm. You can't jump into Metal Gear 4 and have any clue what's going on. I jumped into Ground Zeroes and I didn't know what was going on because I didn't play Peace Walker. Right. Because that's like... A, <laughs> I, I didn't play well, the I didn't play the, the Vita installation, you know, or the, right. the PSP version. You know, the, f- the fact that his games, you know, have, have taken longer and longer every mm-hmm. time, costing more and more money every time. I think he's going to have a hard time finding a studio to, to give him money to bankroll something after this yeah. than, than you might initially assume. I, because, you know, if I'm, let's say, um, just for the sake of this podcast, Microsoft. Like, oh, man, my, Hideo Kojima's a free agent. I'm Phil Spencer. Should I pick up the phone immediately? Like, well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. I mean, this guy's going to maybe get me some PR, but his record says he's going to cost me, it's going to cost me $100 million to make his game, and it's maybe going to sell me you know, a few million units. Right. That's, you know, that's a tougher sell, I think. I mean, I, I looked it up uh, to to back you up here, Max. Metal Gear 2 was the peak of the series sales-wise, 7 million units. Mm-hmm. That's excellent, uh, especially back in 2001, yep. 2002 or so. And that was, a, that was a PlayStation exclusive at the time. Yeah, PlayStation yep. 2. And, uh, but the, let's see, where's, oh, yeah, their fiscal sales were down, the company, Konami, was down 37% last fiscal yeah. year. And Metal Gear, uh, so we went, from, we went from 7 million with Metal That's Gear crazy. 2 to 3.6 million. So about half of that for Metal Gear Solid 3, same console, PS2. Twin Snakes, which was uh, the... That was a GameCube exclusive Game- that was retelling the first Metal Gear Solid 
But that was actually developed by Silicon Knights. That was kind That's of a separate right. thing. So yeah, that was before Silicon Knights really uh, fell onto some hard times. Mm-hmm. That that game bombed. Did a yeah. million. Metal Gear Solid Four, which is of course PlayStation Three. Right. That was the, the last big hurrah for the series since you know we got five coming up. But four point three million sold. So not bad, but a far cry from. Yeah. Also, the that peak. game. I, I've heard some. I've heard some weird kind of rumors about what went into that game, and that there was a lot of kind of just. Just Kojima really kind of throwing his weight around in terms of what he wanted to make happen and the fact that um, – I mean the the length of that game was in development. It was kind, yeah. of, kind of staggering. Uh, it was it – was, oh, hold on. I have it written here. I believe It was almost seven years. Oh, yeah. Wow. I believe. I thought I had it written. I'm pretty sure it was about seven years. Yeah. yeah. And that was real. I think they were really just getting under the hood of the PS3 and being like, let's see what exactly how much we can yeah. do with that because – yeah. Um, yeah, I mean – and I wonder if Konami – will cuz cuz you got to wonder like oh konami that's kojima's the only superstar they have mm-hmm. you know they've let castlevania go they ha- silent hill is a a b tier franchise i know they announced silent hills which by the way that game's probably if you ask me doomed mm-hmm. Ko- kojima was supposed to be working on that game. right kojima and guillermo del toro yeah uh by the way who's more snake bitten in the video game world than guillermo del toro he hooks up yep. with THQ yep. on D- and Volition on in, on the insane trilogy, which never gets off the mm-hmm. ground because THQ goes under. I mean, I think that there's it's he hooks up with people who throw Hollywood amounts of money at him, yeah, and say that yeah, you can do that, and then that's not exactly sustainable. <laughs> it's not, not reality. <laughs> um, but then yeah, so you've got uh, and then they've got the they bought Hudson, but they haven't done anything with say Bomberman or some of the mm-hmm. other great Hudson IPs. I wonder if Konami will. In the next few years, fade out of the video game. That business. would not surprise me one bit because I mean I think that, uh, you know I think that it's sort of like they're, they're almost like, um, you know they've got they've got executives who are in other areas of of you know commerce. They make yeah. different things. Maybe in video games are a thing that people don't really understand in terms of how they operate business wise. Like there's no exact science yet. You know it's always kind of like let's try to do Call of Duty, try to do Minecraft. You know there's always that kind of trying to be something else. Uh, and even the coolest idea can be a total flop or, you know, it's, it's, it's entertainment crossed with software, you know, right. that's, that's a mess right there. Um, I wonder if Kojima's just sort of like the kid with the babysitter and he's like, yeah, mom always lets me stay up till midnight. They're like, really? Are you sure? And it's like, yeah, everyone else does it. Um, for real, it's okay. And it's like, you're going to spend seven years developing this console <laughs> exclusive that's about an old man smoking cigars. Like, old man. Yeah. Look at my yeah. life. Um, and I mean, I know that one thing that happened was everyone got really mad because Ground Zero is in the Phantom Pain. Metal Gear Solid Five was broken into two pieces. Yes. And everyone got really mad about that. And Kojima twenty dollar demo. Kojima was sort of like, uh, well, it's actually it's it's, it's a prologue, and we're sort of it's kind of part of the game, and so much backpedaling happened there. Yeah. Um, basically, they 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 cut the price. That was originally going to be like a thirty or forty dollar game. Uh, they cut the price after the backlash, and then. They were like, oh, it's part of the plan initially. And I remember Kojima chimed in and was like, actually, no, it wasn't. That was their idea. That was not That was not a thing I wanted to do. Um, and I mean, it's, I think they were trying to trying to break even or trying to like kind of, Of course, know, mitigate like, the cost. I mean, the reality, the reality is like the fact that video games are locked at 60 bucks is kind of, kind of impressive that we managed to maintain that because it's like, sometimes you have something that's an absolute turd for 60 bucks and other times you have something that should be if if they're actually trying to get their money back this is something that costs should cost 150 dollars yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know but yeah i mean 
I, I know it's probably an unpopular opinion, but yeah, I, I think Kojima will have a short list of suitors. Somebody's gonna. He's also he's also one do, of the but, biggest names in video games, yeah. and he could always do crowdfunding. That could be a horrible disaster. I'm not saying it's going to work out, I mean, but <laughs> you could say Hideo Kojima launches a Kickstarter. But if he raises twenty million dollars, what is that going to last? That's like three months of development time for him. I don't <laughs> What's think he, he make? could. He'll make a really cool loading screen. I yeah. think you Jeez. could make, or Kojima could, like Kickstarter or crowdfund mm-hmm. something, just because, like you pointed out, he's like a luminary, a visionary yeah. in this industry, and he has a huge. Maybe not huge, but a very loyal and sizable, dedicated fan base who would mm-hmm. support him. And I'm, I've been very dismissive of Kickstarters in the past. Like I don't think, I I'm kind of ambivalent to famous or successful people who could get behind closed doors meetings with suits kickstarting things. But like it's proven successful for a lot of people. Like in other industries, like we just saw the con men. One with Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk, like mm. Spike Lee's done them, but you That's certainly funny. wouldn't I, be able to I ask for twenty million. I wasn't paying attention to that. I thought that that I kept seeing people referring to the con men, and I was yeah. like, people are really mad that they're kickstarting this. They're calling them con men. Oh yeah, I nope, That's just the title. Well, I'm dumb. <laughs> I should click things. Their for tagline it. is con men because it sounds cooler than convention men. Ah, which is kind of like the premise of the show. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even if even twenty dollars is a huge price tag for a Kickstarter, and that would, like you pointed out, that would cost. The ti- that would be yeah. the cost of the titles. The other big thing that we haven't talked about is the Fox engine, which yep. is the engine that Kojima spearheaded to build. He's like, we need to be making modern games. Here's what we need. Here's a modern engine. Yeah. Let's That's say Konami's Konami, property yep, now. I would exactly. Assume. Let's Ooh. say they start licensing that out and farming it out, like on like Unreal or you know whatever else source. You know, um, that could that could make them a ton of money. I mean, it could be that, that Japanese. I feel like. Are, I don't think Japanese engine licensing has really been much of a thing. No, it it hasn't. And I think that Kojima's been extremely, like, he's been very open to the West. He's kind of a weird, like, inverse otaku. He's like a Japanese dude who's obsessed with American culture. Well, it's the other guy who was... such uh, a good description of him. uh, What's his name was super successful with that... um, uh, Kenji Inafune had a lot of success at Capcom with Mm -hmm. that sort of fusion of, of east and west yeah the other thing is i mean we're talking about like oh would crowdfunding work would it like a would going to an actual investor work i mean let's say that you know kojima goes around and you know knocks on the side door of somebody like notch or gabe newell who's like somebody else who's kind of out there and mm-hmm. kind of gets it um but i don't know i i, I i'm Sure as hell. Cur- I'm curious about a few things right now. I'm curious, you know, what happens with the Metal Gear franchise. I'm curious about how fan- how Metal Gear Solid Five is. I yeah. want to play it. It looks cool. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I what happens next? And you know? I know there will probably be people that, you know, the game will Metal Gear Five will come out. It'll sell what maybe a few million copies, and people will be like, "See, Ryan, it did great." But the problem is, then you're in a Bioshock Infinite situation where Bioshock Infinite sold huge, but its development budget was so yep. enormous, the studio had to had to contract itself mm-hmm. basically and and fold down to effectively close itself so uh, it's his i wonder if he just kind of got too far off the leash at some point and konami finally went okay this is just we can't do this anymore we gotta we gotta part ways here yeah well we'll have to wait and see i guess yeah time will tell metal gear 5 will come out it will be a Kojima game, but then they will apparently be going their separate ways if this GameSpot report is to be believed, which sure seems like that is the case from from everything we've been reading. So, moving on, uh, let's actually get to. Do you need to get going, I my need friend? To get going, yeah. All right, we got to say goodbye to Max Scoville. Goodbye, goodbye Max Scoville. Love you, Max. Thanks Scoville. for having me, guys. Thank You're you. Welcome. Go ahead now. All right.
I'm we'll just now. we'll just keep rolling. Get out of here. Alright. Get on out of here, boy! Alright. Let's talk a little Halo, Sean. Now that Let's it's do just, it. now that it's just now that Max is gone. And it's just me and you. The Halos will play. <laughs> so this this story is so fresh, it didn't even make it onto my show planner here. Mm-hmm. It's on my computer in front of me, which I try not to have on not during the show because it's distracting. Halo Online has been announced. A free-to-play online shooter for PC. But there's a catch. There's a catch. Yeah. It's only coming out in Russia. Russia, it's being made by Saber Interactive, which is the guys that have been doing the anniversary remakes for Halo 1 and Halo 2. So they're going to be, yeah, here we go. Uh, Halo Online will launch this spring only in Russia. It's designed to run well on lower-end PCs. There's no campaign mode, but the game is set on a secret UNSC space station called Anvil, where Spartans train together and test new technology, which basically sounds exactly like the fictional justification for Halo 4's multiplayer with uh, the on aboard yeah. the Infinity, yes. Yeah. This is super weird. During the upcoming closed beta, the developers will monitor and adjust gameplay features and the in-game economy. There are no plans to bring Halo Online to the Xbox One. What the hell, Sean Finnegan? Honestly, I have no idea. This comes so out of left field and is so unlike Microsoft or of the Halo franchise, right? Like, most of the time it's been about super high polish, like AAA budget and uh, and construction games for mass audiences that are, like, built into that first-person DNA. Yeah. Which makes sense, like, a first-person shooter that's PC. Like, people have been wanting Halo PC forever. That kind of makes sense. But why Russia? And why free-to-play? And why... Why Russia? I don't. I I need your sort of expertise in communist on this. Russia. Halo plays you <laughs> exactly. Uh, just a few more basic details. It runs on a modified Halo Three engine, hmm. hence the lower end PC spec. Right. Uh, so our our people were there. IGN Russia was there. So this is a real. I I will. I'm not kidding. And I know Phil's probably going to chuckle when he hears this driving in the car. When when our guys told me about this, like, oh, our European people are saying that they're at an event where Halo Online is being announced, I said, I literally don't believe you. Yeah. I literally do not believe you. <laughs> Picks that, or it didn't happen. That does not sound like something Microsoft would do, <laughs> yeah. right, with Halo. Uh, so it's modified Halo 3 engine. It will include classic weapons and vehicles, fan favorite maps, and new ones, which one of which includes a Russian town. Takes place right after the events of Halo 3, and of course, optimized for uh, keyboard and mouse controls. Four to sixteen players. And again, I t- as I told you, Saber Interactive. Uh, it'll be published and operated by Innova Systems, a Moscow-based company that operates well-known MMOs in Russia, including Lineage Two and APB Reloaded, which are the two I've heard of. So there may be some strategy to this. Now that I'm thinking about it more, in but depth. why Russia, Sean? Well, so that's the thing. Is like. If you Russian, the Russian territory actually has been known to really love MMO and like free to play type shooters. Like yeah. World of Tanks is a huge thing out there. Yes. Like basically every Russian in the world plays World of Tanks and it has an incredibly loyal, successful, and rabid fan base that doesn't really extend to like the US or other parts of European markets right. or Japan or the Asian markets. Like that game doesn't really, no, no one really plays that game here. Or in, like, those markets. But 
so maybe I'm thinking like this is a localized test, right? Like they put it in Russia, they see like can does this have legs? Can this grow? Like do people like it in a market where they're kind of like inclined to like those types of games? Yeah. And if it's successful, maybe they do bring it worldwide, or they do not make it just a single country. What do you think? There is that is that that's speculation? probably fair to say because otherwise, like yeah, I don't see how this helps the Halo brand. Yeah, I don't exactly. See how this really makes them a ton of money? It's yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a very, it just is very, very odd all around. Yeah. I mean, well, especially, like, some of the other parts make sense to me. I mean, you have, it makes sense to double down on your big franchises, right? Like, you have Halo, you have Minecraft. It makes sense to make those as accessible as possible. Right. But in the past, they've been really, uh, they've kept the Halo license very closely guarded, right? Like Very true. They do, They want full creative control. They don't want anyone else not handling it that isn't like in the mainframe of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. They haven't been able to strike up deals with creatives on the outside of it. Like they want to do their own web series and films like internally with them in control instead of the studios. It just seems strange that they would let this off to Russia or to like any localized sort of part of the world. But I guess like, yeah, if you, with some speculation, I guess it could fit in there, you know? So let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I do agree with you. I think this, the Russian market's a test bed because like Call of Duty online is a thing that exists, a free-to-play shooter in China. Yeah. And that's because that, the, the Chinese game market, which is obviously enormous given yep. 2 billion people, uh, you know, free-to-play is sort of the, the baseline standard there. So I guess just the Russia thing surprised me because... I would have expected maybe a China totally. over, you know, uh, as opposed. But I agree with you. I think this is a test bed. We'll see where it goes. But the big question I have for you, mm-hmm. as a fellow Halo fan, is if you even if this were available in the United States, would you care? Would you play it based on just these initial details? Uh, as the world's biggest Halo fanboy, I would say yes. Like I'd give it a try. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, it's super. It nowadays a shooter has to do a lot to pull me away from Counter Strike because whenever I'm playing it, I'm like, "Why well, I could just be playing Counter Strike, right?" <laughs> but if they gave me something Counter Strike esque, which Counter Strike is, I wouldn't. It's not free to play because you have to buy it, but it has free to play like mechanisms now. Mm-hmm. The game's evolved a lot since it came out. Like skins and stuff are cosmetic oper- uh, cosmetic things that you can change your gameplay or that change your game experience but don't affect the gameplay if halo did something like that i would love to do i would love to play that like if the mechanics were good and it felt like halo but it was on pc and uh it had sort of like skins and sort of customizability i could see myself really getting into something like that uh i'm also surprised there's no mention in this announcement of all the windows 10 stuff oh you know i mean because that that which hasn't launched because the game is launching in the spring and the Windows 10 stuff won't be launching yet. So right. I wonder if that's a thing that's going to get folded in over time. But the good news is we will. We have people over there. We, we have IGNs everywhere, which is a, we're lucky to have. So we will have a lot of coverage on this yeah. so that you can get to play it vicariously through us, I guess, and we'll be playing it vicariously through, through, our, the Russians. through our Russian people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for more on Halo Online a real thing, uh, of course, you remember years ago. A real ago, puzzling thing, yeah. Years ago, Ensemble, the guys that did Halo Wars, but they also had a Halo MMO in the works that was canceled. Hmm. There was some concept art that eventually made its way out of that. but uh, So that was the the online Halo for PC that we never got. Uh, this one, this is what we are going to get. So it's a, it's a variant of Halo 3 with some familiar maps, with some new ones, 4 to 16 players, 
Mouse and keyboard. Free to play, yeah, mouse and keyboard online, but only in Russia. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for IGN. Stay tuned to IGN for more on that. And that uh, concludes our breaking news segment. All right. I like that. Me too. Uh, all right. Next up, Sean. Yes. Let's talk. I don't want to get into this too far because we've talked about this 7,000 times, but I want to remaster our remasters conversation. Oh, great. More. One last time. Yes. Hopefully for one last time because our latest, uh, it's, again, we, we have another uh, IGN that we can thank for this. IGN Italy reporting that Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City are the next game getting the remaster treatment. They'll be out this holiday. Hmm. Which and then uh, on the non Xbox side, we had Sony announce a God of War three remaster for PlayStation four the same week as well. So the remaster trend is not going anywhere soon. And I know yeah. Sean, we've talked about we've beaten all of our points on this to death. Yeah. Um, but boy, it just does seem like. Remember how we thought that initially thought that this was just going to be a a console transition thing. Yeah. Where publishers were, you know resurfacing some games that maybe didn't get a lot of love last gen or testing the waters for new gen development. Well, those excuses are over. Yeah, this is... It's not a... It's it's purely a cash grab now. Yeah, uh, I forget who it was. It may have been Marty or someone here in the office who said that uh, video game developers and publishers have now found a way to monetize backwards compatibility. It actually may have been you. And I think that's a really good way of looking at this is like... Backwards compatibility for a long time in the PS3 and Xbox 360 generation was like kind of one of the push, like those consoles did it. You could Mm -hmm. play Xbox games on Xbox 360. Most of them. Yeah, and same with PS3 until there was a shift in like the skew. Right. That was something that was like built in as a feature that gamers expected and that publishers wanted to provide, but they realized at some point that they could provide that and still make a lot more money. Cha-ching, baby. Exactly. Uh, I don't know where this... Like, I don't really have too much of an opinion on this. I played Arkham Asylum and loved it. I played Arkham City and loved it. Likewise. Definitely will probably... I definitely will not be picking up the remasters. I don't see there's any need for that. If I wanted to play those games again, I could just pop on my 360. Yeah. They I looked mean, great. They felt great. I don't need th- a remaster. There are definitely arguments on both sides of this. I saw that a lot of people make a lot of good points on both sides on Twitter when I was commenting about this. Uh, we all, of course, have remasters that we would give in for and totally. we would buy. I mean, not Mass Effect, right? Mass Effect, maybe Gears trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think Mass Effect's probably the number one. That's the one, that, like, definitively for me. I would get that instantly. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of people would. But uh, ultimately, you know, and my sort of point I made was, well, I'd rather see development talent applied to new ideas. Totally, one hundred percent valid. I agree with you. Some, there. you know, some people counter and say, well. You know, would the people, would those people have jobs or, you know, because these tend to be port houses Mm -hmm. or, you know, sort of third party contracted studios. Would those people be making new games if it weren't for these ports? I don't know the answer to that. But I mean, that's kind of speculation, right? Like it could be the chances of it being yes and the chances of being no are 100% equal. So I don't even think it's really worth speculating on. It's the industry, right? So it still comes down to like, do you want new? Do you want new things, or do you want old things with more polish? And that's just a preference thing for a lot of people. Or yeah. it depends on the game. And it's you know, hey, selling more games is definitely healthy for the industry. Uh, but but the thing is, but I, maybe sure not in the long run, right? 
Like that's, that's kind of I the agree. thing is like I I I see the remastered situation a lot and I look at uh, or and I relate it to the way Hollywood works, which is like a lot of Hollywood's so Hollywood releases about 110 films a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, 81 of them were sequels, reboots, or remakes. Wow. Which is a huge number. Wow. And the last thing I would want, and not that the games industry is doing this, in fact, I would say just the opposite, but this this trend in the AAA game space does kind of seem to be pointing in that direction, and that's yes. the last thing I would want to see for the triple ga- the AAA game space is for it to become more risk-averse and more like, well, we have these IPs that we know did well. Mm-hmm. We can repackage them, polish them up a little bit more, and people will want to buy them, and have that encourage them in going, like committing fully to that direction and then seeing less, like over time, less and less more interesting new AAA IPs. Yeah, that's I mean, what I worry about. I, w- yeah, and I would say... You know whether or not people working on these would be working on new ideas if it weren't for the remasters. I will say, I mean, I can almost guarantee that that game developers, game creators of all sorts, would definitely rather spend their time and energy working on new things than polishing up old things totally. that they didn't even necessarily make. Totally. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I just think the trend can, as I said last time, the trend is bothersome to me as a gamer mm-hmm. uh i get it from the business side believe me if i were uh one of the one of the executives at ubisoft or one or wherever one of these publishers i'm sure i would be doing the same thing i would yeah. say yeah let's that's gonna low low return high uh, low risk high reward let's do it oh yeah absolutely that's the thing is like as a I'm of two minds on it, right? Like, as a producer, I would say, like, you have a built product, a product you know that is good. All it may need is, like, someone to jump in there and sand yeah. off a little bit of the the rough parts, and then you can put it back out there, and it'll give you a ton of money. Yeah. But it kind of, as the, create, the creative in me is like, well, I want some, I want to do something new. I would want you to do something new. And for the people working on those games, I'm sure they want to do something new. Yeah. And the, the bottom line, ultimately, the market has spoken. True. People, people are buy buying it. these, yeah. so they will keep happening. So, you know, I, I, I don't want us to sit here sound like we're just a couple of uh, grumpy old men sitting here about it, but it's just an interesting trend yeah. to, to to observe and to, to discuss and look at. Imagine what this looks like in the future, like with, you know, the next Xbox and PS5. Like, will we, be, will we have remasters of Arkham Knight and, like, Evolve? Probably at the beginning of the generation, right? yeah, like, at least. Imagine, like, two or three console generations down the line. Like, how much overlap is there going to well, be? Like, what it tells would that me, be weird? I it, think it would be weird. Yeah, what it tells me with the, certainly the, the aggressive price cuts on Microsoft's side, plus all these remasters is, I mean, what this would do as a hardcore gamer who isn't really buying a lot of these remasters because I'm someone who plays them when they originally release mm-hmm. on whatever console they originally release on. Right. It would give me pause when the next consoles do come out in five, six, seven years, whatever it is, to say, gee, I, I don't know if I should buy this at launch. Maybe I should wait a year or two. Yeah. Maybe I'll catch a price drop. And gosh, most of the, a lot of the big games the first year or two are probably just going to be remasters of the stuff games I already played I already anyway. have. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, I think, the, the takeaway from it for me and for a lot of our super hardcore listeners is, yeah, maybe the next console cycle you stop and think for a minute like 
maybe maybe I shouldn't be an early adopter anymore. Definitely. I mean, like, and what in if the trend continues? What if it's more? Like, what if that whole first year, first two years, you only get one new exclusive? Well, I don't think it'll the, be. I don't think it'll quite be like that. Oh but. well, I'm exaggerating to illustrate a point, which right. is just like the trend seems to be going in that way, right? Like if they commit to this, if they double down on this, then it sets a dangerous precedent where something like that may possibly happen in the future. Maybe not with PS5 or the next Xbox, but maybe a generation after that. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, And in in related Batman news, by the way, Arkham Knight, the proper next-gen Batman that we are very much looking forward to. Gosh, oh, yeah. did, did you see the new seven-minute gameplay video? Yeah, dude, it's awesome. And oh, I, I played it. Drooling. Oh. And I played at E3. Did, did you play too. at E3? Yes, yeah, I did. like it's it's awesome. It's so super good. cool. Uh, the game has been delayed slightly mm-hmm. to a couple June, weeks, right? Yeah, June twenty third. They had said June something. Now it's June twenty third. So we've talked. A, no we've talked about like these week long sort of delays. In the past, like, it's probably, uh, there's nothing significant can really be done in a couple of weeks, so it's probably just some bug fixing and, like, nothing major right, they're changing. Right, they, they might have just fallen. Nothing to really worry about. No, exactly. Yeah. They might have just fallen just a little behind and said, oh, okay, well, we don't want to have to cut out those two weeks of polish time mm-hmm. in order to make our sh- original ship date, and so they go to the publisher, WB Games, and they say, well, we, we want to ship a nice polished game. Oh, sure, take a couple mm-hmm. extra weeks, no problem. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, Batman will ship nice and polished and we don't have to wait for a day one patch that fixes half the game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so look for Batman. I would Batman. like that a lot. <laughs> look, look for Batman Arkham Knight on June 23rd. All righty. Moving right along. Sort of actually relevant to the discussion we were just having, Sean. Yeah. Twitch's boss, CEO of Twitch, co-founder, Emmett Shear, thinks that Sony and Microsoft have to evolve their hardware quicker. Mm. And here's, here's where he says, quote, The problem is the seven-year upgrade life cycle doesn't work in the face of the two-year upgrade cycles for every other hardware platform. Uh, he's taught, this is an, inter, in, an interview with The Guardian. He says, It's so intrinsically built into how consoles get manufactured and made and the full business model that I'd be surprised to see another generation of mm. it being done this way, he means. He's saying that the future needs to be more like set-top boxes and smartphones and tablets where, quote, they're going to have to change form. You can already see this on both Xbox and PlayStation where there's a tighter upgrade loop for both the operating system and the games. This is the first step toward being able to iterate the hardware platform. I could imagine a version 1.1 product from both Microsoft and Sony, which adds in slightly more speed and slightly more memory, Mm. very similar to how phones and tablets work today. I think it's going to look a lot better. Uh, look more like the mobile phone market over time. Do you agree with him? There's a lot to unpack there. I'm going to go ahead and say, overall, yes. I do think Microsoft and Sony have to figure out a way to get more out of the consoles over time, right? Yeah. Uh, I read a really interesting something. I can't remember if it was an article or if it was something just someone said, but someone pointed out that into uh, uh, when Steve Jobs first stood on the Apple stage and swiped his phone, uh, swiped his finger across the screen of the iPhone, and everyone yeah. was blown away. That wasn't that long ago. No. That was only seven years ago. That's that was true. twenty. That was two thousand and seven. Well, eight years ago now. Eight but. years ago, yes. So that's not actually that long ago, right? And if to think that one piece of hardware, uh, and just think about how much the iPhone has changed since then. To think that we can expect a console or any real piece of tech in this digital landscape to live that long without being changed 
like in any significant way, both from a hardware perspective and a software perspective, that's kind of outrageous. Like I think I, I was of the mindset, and I'm not an engineer or anything like that, but even when the consoles came out and the specs were announced for Xbox One and PS4, I was a little bit wary about what those consoles would be like in terms of their power and capability three or four years down the line, never, uh, you know, furthermore, the 10-year lifespan that they promised for PS4 or the, you know, seven to nine or whatever that they expected for Xbox One. Whether or not that means adjusting to a more mobile-like market, I don't know. That's, that's the part where I'm not exactly sure what he means. You really have to unpack that and kind of get down to brass tacks about the details. Yeah. But certainly some upgrades, some, some way of evolving the consoles over time. Yeah, Definitely I, is something I think needed. The f- I think the answer lies somewhere between what he proposes and what we currently have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not wrong in the sense of, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Is this console generation... You know, the last console generation was the longest one ever. Yes. So the question... And coming into this one, I think... I mean, I don't know if we all... I certainly assumed coming into this, it would be the similar thing. Like, okay, it's going to be an eight-year life cycle. The the Sony, Microsoft are going to try and milk every ounce they can out out of the box. But it is true that the mobile market... I mean, the iPhones, the Androids, keep advancing at such a rapid rate. And they're not going to replace consoles anytime soon certainly not while they don't have controllers physical controllers but it it does i hope it actually does force the gaming consoles to evolve a little quicker i mean i i wonder if we'll see a four or five year life cycle and Mm -hmm. then the next xbox and the next playstation uh in three or four years from now end up being not orders of magnitude more powerful but right. more of a step an incremental step in power and then they'll just pull they'll continue to pull the monetized backwards compatibility garbage on right. us and continue to evolve the games at, into services and subscriptions mm-hmm. so that okay yeah i mean yes so we're it's gonna, more steam like actually right yes we're gonna have a new you know the xbox xbox 1.5 in uh, you know 2018, yeah, or something like that, ho- holiday 2018. But get, but it's okay. All your old games are going to work, provided you maintain an Xbox Live Gold account with us. So you know what I mean, something like that. Yeah, and then they can try and sort of stay ahead of the curve a little bit better than. I think than, that would allow them to. Like yeah. again, you'd have to kind of work out how that works best for you'd have to figure out a strategy that also benefits gamers because i'm not exactly sold on the whole idea of uh you know monetize monetize monetizing backwards compatibility and making you that like your focal point at this point no but making that your focal point of the business and right. then doing iterative upgrades like that's not exactly what i would want from a console because you, you the other thing you got to look at is where these consoles actually fit in the market of gaming like the consoles, like, we harped on the Xbox a little bit for being expensive at its launch, mm-hmm. and it's now seen a price cut. But if you were to compare it to the MSRP of just a regular iPhone without a subscription, like, or, you know, a, a yeah, two-year plan, uh, yeah. that's like a 600 or, in some cases, $700 piece that's of tech. That's true, yes. So you can't really take a look at the mobile market, at least in my mind, you can't really look at the mobile market and say, like, well, this is what consoles need to do, because they're not... They're not not the same same type of device. Like, the console market does appeal to a different uh, 
consumer base, one that's more games oriented, and I would argue less tech oriented, although in every comment section it's 1080p, 60 FPS, 4K, like why right. can't these consoles do that? Well, they're not the same devices. But I do like if you you what you can learn from the mobile market is how they've made iter- iteration and sort of new implementations of technology and services part of something that the consumer base expects. Like yeah. we don't get a new iPhone every year because we need it or because it's doing something significantly different than we the last one. It. They've conditioned people to want That's it. That's right. And I think that is the key to kind of keeping consoles relevant in gaming. And that's not to say that they're not relevant. Like, that was one of the th- big problems I had with this quote was, like, uh, he said something about how you know it's so intrinsically built into how the consoles get manufactured and made that the full business model that I'd be surprised to see another generation built like that. I mean, the numbers speak in favor of the mm-hmm. consoles here. They're selling faster than they ever have That's before. Right. So I don't think that it's going away or that it's in any danger, but I do think it's in. it needs to evolve a little bit for sure. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Mark, mark this episode down. One episode one eighty eight. Come yeah. back in four years and see if our uh, if we were anywhere close to correct. Let us know who owes who the eating out burger. That's right. <laughs> All righty here. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, conquer <clears throat> our buddy. Our old buddy. He was announced at E three as coming back in the form of a Project Spark mod thing. thing. Yeah add a module and it's out October 23rd within project spark. And I'm very curious about this. I watched the trailer. It mm-hmm. looks super conquery, which looks great. That's awesome. Um, but it's, it's in spark. I still have no interest in, playing, in, in, I just don't, don't make me go through project spark to get it. Yeah. I still, I mean, I have been, I first saw spark. I think it was at E3. They showed a demo of it. Uh, the, the year before though, 2003, yeah, yeah, yeah. before the system launched. Yeah. I think I saw it at the, clo- at the Microsoft showcase. Yeah. And I just like, it looks cool, but I was like, what is this? I, uh, and I still don't know what it is. That was two years ago. I still don't know what project spark is or why I should care about I, it. I mean, and to be fair though, I don't want to, Project Spark is actually doing very well. Oh, Mitch, if Mitch were here, he reviewed it. He would tell you that it's really good. It's a creation tool, yeah, right? It, it, we can agree it has one of the worst names ever given to anything. Yeah. And it is a terrible name. You have no idea what the hell it's supposed to be. Phil knows that. He's listening. He knows <laughs> He knows where he's nodding his head in, in silent approval on that one. But, um, the, yeah, I just the, the whole idea of trying to resurrect Conquer this way, I still can't quite figure it out. I just think, I mean, to me, the only theory I could come up with, Sean, tell me if you agree or have have another thought. I think they couldn't get – somebody wanted to do this, whether it was at Rare or within Microsoft. Mm-hmm. This being make a conquer comeback. I feel like that they – whoever this was couldn't get funding right. for a full proper conquer. And so they convinced Phil to let them build something cheap in Project Spark which also then promotes Project Spark, which is, you know, two birds, one stone. Right. And uh, I think Conker's future as a standalone game will somewhat be influenced, if not decided, by how this Project Spark thing does. I think that's a pretty solid hypothesis. Uh, I, I wonder if that, like, there's this episode of The Office where Michael takes a big gamble on using the creative internally as opposed to an external creative agency. Yeah. And, like... He sends it off to his boss, and he goes, and thus, Michael Scott sealed his fate <laughs> uh, in a good way. Like, yeah. he realizes after that. I wonder if that's the thing. It's because, like, not a lot of people know or at least 
speculation, like me speculating, is that not a lot of people know or care about Project Spark in a way that would sufficiently influence the future of Conquer. That's a pretty big gamble to be like, well, I want to do a Conquer game, and I'm going to prove to you that people care by putting it in this other game that people don't care about. That's that's a gamble, but yeah. I mean, if they really care and they believe in it, then sure, take it, yeah. right? It'll be interesting to see. So uh, we'll have a lot more on Conquer for you in uh, as April 23rd near. That's, that's right around one, the corner. less than a month away. Yeah. To the, yeah, so that's like almost a month to the day. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Anything else this week? Oh, my gosh. Okay, real quick. More good Halo. We should have lumped this in with the other Halo news, but it was so late breaking, I didn't have time to re- rearrange the show. That's okay. Halo 5 will use dedicated servers for everything, including custom games. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Hooray. That's how it should be. Excellent news. Loved it. Uh, There's nothing you can say that's negative about that, nor would we want to. Uh, We're not even digging for one. It's just, yeah, let's celebrate the good times. Deddies for everyone. Denny's? Deddies. Oh, Deddies. Denny's, too. We can go to Denny's if you want a little Grand Slam breakfast action. I haven't been to Denny's in years. I haven't either. I went once and you, you know why had I don't a terrible think... experience, and my friend got thrown out, and the cops got called, and wow. we've never been back. Hold on. Back up. Yeah. Start over with the story. We, this was, uh, it must have been four or five years ago now. I was in college, and I was back for Christmas, and you know when all of our friends come back to town, we have yeah. a great big party. Sure. And because uh, you only all... go to Denny's if you're drunk or hungover. Oh yeah, we right? were all very drunk, very drunk. And we have this one guy. I won't feel name so him. bad for the people that work at Denny's. It's like their entire clientele. <laughs> oh yeah, is, is inebriated Exa- all the time, and they're all obnoxious the and loud. And that's exactly what we were. We, it was a group of you know must have been eight or so guys, seven or so girls, all coming from a party. We had this one guy in our group of friends who I won't name because every all of my friends know who I'm talking go about. Go ahead, here. shame him now. But he loves Denny's like yeah. more than any anything in the world he's always trying to convince people to go denny's and no one ever wants to go he finally convinced us all to go we go and it just becomes uh just a mess like people yelling people throwing food at each other just like all this stuff and they tolerated us right up until the very end when they accidentally charged this guy who the one who was fighting to go to denny's who loves denny's they he had specifically asked them to charge him in a way where he could pay with cash and then some on the card because he didn't like he okay. had some money to move yeah. right? they put it all on his card which would have caused him to overdraft and he got furious drunk furious you know like when you're angry and oh, drunk yeah. and then it becomes even that. more yeah. yeah and uh that resulted in the manager being brought out and the manager he was given the manager lip and they were like kind of <laughs> getting into each other and then the cops got called and then my friend the biggest denny's fan in the world is the one who got banned from banned life. from denny's and we've all never denny's? been back all denny's How well that's what he know? said that's what he said yeah they the manager. can't it's yeah, not yeah, i don't think you can right? enforce that but that's what he said he's like you'll never step foot in another denny's again and we were like okay bye and i never have so I'm going to become an IHOP guy now. It was just, it was such the, it was a weird, it was one of those experiences you, that leaves such a bad taste in your mouth. You're just like, I'm never doing it anymore. So when you said Denny's, I was like, Denny's? Why would we go there? Halo 5 will use Denny's servers. Oh, that would be Can terrible and tasteful. Yeah. Uh, I'd like one custom game with no lag, please. <laughs> and a side of pancakes. Coming right up. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, enjoy that. And then, did you see the bullet teaser? The Master Chief helmet getting blown up by a sniper round. I did actually. Uh, the bullet I was, says "traitor" on it. 
I was that I couldn't see in the video, but I saw a screenshot of it yeah. that made it clear. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Not much of a teaser. Not much to unpack there, other than that, like they're really playing up this uh, supposed uh, like I guess not conflict or like rival type situation with you know Agent Locke and now Master Chief. Like we kind of. He's a fugitive now. Yeah, like we 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 know that the kind of premise it wasn't is that me. He, he's it was the tracking one-armed him down, man. the one-armed chief. Yeah, <laughs> he we I, and these teaser just are just kind of like playing up that in a yeah. way that you know we're supposed to get another one later this week, well Ooh. after the show airs. Is this one going to be like now uh, his body armor is exploding? Uh, but real quick, yeah, yes or no? Does Master Chief die in Halo Five? No, if they do, then I boycott Halo. I agree. Yeah. No chance it happens. That's not true. I mean, I probably wouldn't, but that would I be... I either, but... That would be kind of a weird move. That's I, like... I no, would be profoundly upset. In a, like, in a bat, like in a negative, not good way, if yeah. Master Chief is killed off in Halo 5. You can't... You can't... It's like Metal Gear without Snake, or like... 343 is only just getting their feet wet with Halo. Yeah. I could see how from one side you might say, well, let's, you know, transition out of the old Bungie era into a newer... Killing off Master Chief would be absolute franchise suicide. I don't see it happening. Not even just franchise suicide, but like he is also just an iconic character in all of the video Xbox. games. Well, yeah, like and, he's and the and face right, of all, a whole platform, absolutely, like of a whole company. I would say, yeah. like, I don't. Microsoft doesn't own. Well, I guess you could make the argument that Minecraft is bigger because of its user base, but I would still say that Halo is a bigger and more recognizable franchise well, as mine, a face. A Minecraft face. was a was the equivalent of the Yankees signing Reggie Jackson. Like he had made his hay elsewhere, but then they brought him in and he was a, you know, Thank World you for Series hero. Not a baseball guy. I I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Whereas <all> right. <laughs> Halo yeah. is the homegrown prospect, yeah. the Derek Jeter, yes, of in this Spends analogy, his whole career with the one exactly club. Yeah. came up from you know they they came up together, mm-hmm. the Xbox and and Master Chief. Yeah, no chance Master Chief gets killed. If they do, there will be riots in the streets. I will be at the front of the pitchfork and torch mob, sign and everything. Be yeah. hell to pay for Microsoft. That's a Microsoft is very much in a mode of not pissing off fans this generation because they've already pissed off so many of them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to kill off Master Chief. The only way I could even see that f- even being part of its future is they mentioned that this was going to be like a trilogy. Like if maybe at the very end of this trilogy it wraps up that story, uh, then I could maybe see there being artistic justification for that. Not Certainly not in this game. The story's not over yet. Like right. We're just now at a critical point right. with Chief. And if he were to die at the end of 6 in four years from now, then the, f- the subsequent trilogy they would start off would just be a prequel trilogy yeah. with him in it again. Yes. Which would be the correct move. And then we would just riot then instead of now. Right. Yeah. Just, you're just putting it <laughs> off. Just putting off don't the Don't kill Chief life. is just what don't happens. Do it. Yeah. Keep... Keep Steve Downs employed. Yes. We love Steve. He's been on the show. Great guy. We love Halo. Love we love Halo. Chief. Love Master Chief. And I liked how much more personality he had to show in Halo 4. Me too. And that was the other thing is like, I think, you know, I think there's a lot more room to explore with Chief. We had this really cool sort of, you know, uh, reflective type emotional experience through that we experienced through Cortana mm-hmm. and how Chief kind of grew with her over that. Like, I would want to see more of that. Like, now he's, you know... Based on the trailers, he's off to Saver in Halo 5 and deal with some other big threats. Like, there's a lot more story to explore with that character and his sort of like involvement in 
the Halo universe yes. that I would want to see pretty much exhausted before we take any chance at moving on from it. Yeah, totally agree. All right, and finally, real quick, it's been a busy, busy news Lots show. Lots to talk about, week. yeah. Xbox One April system update <clears throat> preview for you preview members. We've got a couple, only a couple things, but Sean, I think these are very much of note. Yeah. The party chat uh, improvements are all coming, that are rolling out, are all as a result of feedback from Xbox One owners, and I can get on board with both of these. The party app will now help users enable microphones and will display issues preventing chat from working with party members. So it's just going to be a lot more clear. That's good. Because the, the party chat has gotten a lot better. I mean, from launch, at launch it was a friggin' disaster. Let's not, uh, it was it was such a step backwards from 360. It was, mm-hmm. it was almost, it was just a head scratcher. But they've uh, really come a long way with it, and they're going to sort of um, clarify and message a few things better here. Here's the one I really like, though. Tell me if you agree. Microsoft is also including descriptions for achievements in the toast notifications that pop up at the bottom of the screen so that you can see what the achievement, what it is, Mm -hmm. without having to snap or open the achievements app, like, you know, stop your game and open the app. And it's also, uh, it's going to load all that stuff faster. Awesome. That's all good. So instead of just, you know, 50 gamer score, the name of the uh, achievement. Name yeah. of the achievement, and then oh, what was that? I think that was because I beat Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah. It'll actually be, you know, it'll be fifty gamer score. You win, and then switch to the, you know, within oh, the so same. Oh, so it'll note. do like a flip, you think? Yeah, it'll flip it and say you beat Ori in the Blind Forest. So right. you no longer have to open the the app anymore. Which That's uh, just a yeah a big interface improvement. I hated having to jump out of the experience to mm-hmm. just like glance at something. So yeah. awesome. Super on board. Good stuff with that April preview. And now, Mr. Finnegan, Mm -hmm. it's still March. What can we spend our money on this week? So we have Borderlands, the handsome collection on Xbox One at retail. That's out. Yeah, we talked about the RC uh, claptrap, radio-controlled claptrap, and the Super Collector's sold-out edition at Mm -hmm. the top of the show. Mm -hmm. At digital, we have Game of Thrones Episode 3 which is on both Xbox One and 360 for 5 bucks. Uh, I'm I'm behind a couple episodes. I've only played the first Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, I'm I'm all caught up all three. It's it's too good. It's very much like the show in that uh, right now it, it's uh, been a slow burn right. like or setting it's like up characters, characters. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. setup, but like the show, it's it's got a lot of it's got a huge potential payoff. Now, awesome. the show actually did pay it off huge or it it, it has each season. Whether the game does is another story, but it's very interesting playing. I played both uh, Tales from the Borderlands Episode 2 and Game of Thrones Episode 3 over the weekend while I was sick, and they are very different in the, in the, in the sort of sense that, like I was saying, Game of Thrones is that slow burn, mm-hmm. like the show, with, with this, they're trying to build for some sort of big payoff, whereas Tales from the Borderlands is just like, Boom, hits hard and fast right, right out of the gate with episode one and episode two is equally great. I am very in love with Tales from the Borderlands, and this is somebody who Yeah, not I don't, a big Borderlands guy. I, are you? And it, again, I don't have a problem with Borderlands. It's just the the shooters have not 
super I have not got, me, I've man. not gotten into the shooters and that's that's on me not on the you know they're great games but they just haven't done it for me that's the same thing with me I played a lot of Borderlands 1 never got into Borderlands 2 yeah. and I hear that's where it like really began to shine right but, but this yeah this this Telltale series Tales from the Borderlands the first two episodes are fun I mean if it holds if it holds the quality of the first two through the remaining three episodes of the season then I think it will belong you'll have to make a case for it as the best season of anything Telltale's ever done. Oh, wow. That's a big statement. I, uh, yeah, Over I mean, Walking Dead season one. Well, that's the standard bearer, certainly, right? right? And uh, while, of course, I don't anticipate Tales from the Borderlands having anywhere near the emotional impact mm. that Walking Overall, Dead season designs, one did. But as far as just yeah, start to finish, moment to moment, I mean, it's the art style's great. The, the the narrative structure is great where it's told from two different perspectives right. that sort of cross over and contradict each other and there's there's nice elements of humor in it without being like really schlocky or like just the, the jokes are the writing is solid the jokes are on point um, yeah the characters are super likable that's good I, although it is I just can't Vaughn not to dredge this up again, looks so exactly like me. <laughs> so exactly like this is now the second character that your likeness has been stolen for, the, right? The color, not all. <laughs> it's the face is exact. Like the proportions, the right. big nose, the 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 chin, the facial hair is exact. The hairstyle, the hair color is exact. Even the direction of the part is exact. Oh my! Everything. It's a, this guy's got glasses, but he is exactly me. And I just keep, and I just keep going. I play it, and I'm like. I just wish I could have voiced this character. You do have a great radio voice. Thank you. Why just pl- I just want let me voice the character. How, how are your acting skills? I don't know. No one's ever given me a shot. Well, let's uh let's call up Telltale. You want to Yeah, I'll I'll happy to go into an audition. That's fine. I mean, never mind the massive conflict of interest that would create, but Oh, I mean, who knows if you'd get it? You don't get it. We'll just try it out. We'll just try it on for size. That's all. Oh man! But uh, yeah, what, tell, Tales from Borderlands fantastic. Cool. If you haven't played it, for the love of God, try how it is out. the craft any better in that? One of my big problems with Game of Thrones was like, I don't know. It's the the, the audio mix wasn't all that good in the first episode that I played. Like you could very much tell that like the, it was recorded it was, in a sound booth. Yeah, but like it was yeah exactly. Like I also don't like that you know. Uh, at least on consoles, like the the Telltale games have been a little buggy. Like, and I'm I'm okay with forgiving bugs, but there were definitely a couple times when like I was in the middle of a dialogue with another character, and then like I'd get a freeze up for just like a couple Ugh. seconds, and then it'd come back to me, and I'd have to respond to a question that, which I didn't hear, and I was like, well, I've I don't know how to respond. I've definitely seen that before. I don't recall that happening to me in okay. either Game of Thrones or Tales, and I'm playing on Xbox One. Right. As, as opposed, you know, the problems you're describing, I would see that on 360. Yeah, which is when I played it. Uh, but yeah, I do agree that tail the I don't know the production value on Tales from the Borderlands seems higher to me. That's good. And I don't know if it's just because, like we've talked about before, Game of Thrones, you sort of have this idea already of what its production values are supposed to be because of the show. And Borderlands is it's like it's easier for them to match yeah. the production values of the video game, where it's not mm. as hard or mm. it's not as easy to match the production values of the show right. with their Telltale Tool engine, which is really old now. And it's kind of starting to you're kind of starting to see that. Oh, it's I've yeah. been crying about that for a little while. <clears throat> yeah, um, but in any case, yeah, I, I I do think I do agree with you that the 
you there are sort of those off-putting moments in mm-hmm. the game of, in Telltale's Game of Thrones where it's like, oh yeah, this like it's very quiet. Yeah, it's very quiet, and it does. You can tell like, oh yeah, this was all just recorded in a booth. Well, somewhere. that was the thing is like, there's this one scene in Game of Thrones episode one, no spoilers, where you're talking with Marjorie. Mm-hmm. Um, what Tyrell? That's yes. the yeah, House Tyrell, and you're in this big stone room, and I'm hearing the audio as clear as if it was coming from this mic on yeah. the podcast. And I'm like, this is not, it no just echo. like as, as someone, you know, you forgive these, at least I, and most people, I would say, forgive like any lapses in production quality or uh, engine building or any of the technical stuff because the storytelling is so good and Absolutely. the characters are so good. But you know, it, it also is kind of a detriment in that regard because when you're doubling down on the story and the characters and all that great stuff to immerse you in the world, the last thing you want is just for the sound design to remind you, you that out. you're playing yeah. a video game. But yeah, I'm I, I'm harping on it a little bit more than I'd like to because I did like it a lot. But I mean, I just I I kind of wish that there was a new engine or something a little bit I better totally for them to work with. That. Take some of that HBO money exactly. Just be like, yo, help us co-fund this. <laughs> uh, Moving on, though, still in the digital space here, Ziggurat for Xbox One is $15. Whatever that is. Oh, I was going to be like, hopefully you can tell me what that is, because I don't know. And uh, Oddworld, new and tasty, is out on Friday. Good on to Xbox see Oddworld back. Bucks. Yes. Yeah, for sure. That's something Lauren we haven't Lanning. seen in a while. Oddworld, uh, Munch's, uh, a Munch's Odyssey was a launch title for the original Xbox. Wow. 2001. Was that the last time we saw it? No, I think there was one since then, but it's, hmm. it has been a long time. Even still, yeah. Uh, moving on over to the marketplace, we have Dragon Age Jaws Hakan DLC. Hakan, Hakan. I'm just gonna say Hakan. I'm going for with fifteen that. I'm with bucks. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and games with gold for March. You have Rayman Legends for Xbox One, Bioshock Infinite, which are the last two weeks of March 16th to the 28th. So. Running out of time. Any guesses as to what April's Games with Gold will be? Want to take a quick shot? Oh, man. I have no idea. Take Why, a, do you have one? Something. No, I was, was going to stall. I was going to think while you said something. But, oh, uh, well, gosh. Now see. I have to I mean, stall. What could it be? I, that's the thing is like the, ch- the games that Microsoft, uh, Microsoft have chosen so far have always blindsided me. I've have, always been like, oh. That's interesting. Have they done Alan Wake yet for 360 as one of the fr- I don't, as one of the free ones? I don't I don't think it's been one of the games with gold yet. I feel right? like I remember seeing American Nightmare on there, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna go with Alan Wake. That's my guess. For that would be really cool for Xbox One. Well, boy. Yeah. How that's... about all right for Xbox One? I'm gonna say it's gonna be. Um, what was that game I liked that came out at Christmas from Press Play? With the kid and his brother. Ah, oh. yep, not not ringing a bell for me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look it up. Hold Go on. for it. Yeah, that uh, I I'm so poor when it comes to predicting things like this because so far every single one of the releases has been like, oh, I wouldn't have ever been able to have guessed that. Alan Wake would be awesome for Xbox 360 because Alan Wake is an awesome game. If you haven't played that game, go check it out. Also, that'd be kind of smart with you know just kind of ramping up people's hype for. Uh, Quantum Break, even though that's still kind of far off. Mm-hmm. The people they want to keep that on people's maps. Um, for Xbox One, I don't know. Forza, the first one. Five. Five. Mm, I don't, I, have we seen that yet? No, but I don't know. I think they're probably still going to try and make money off of that. If but I they have guess. Forza Horizon Two now, so it's like, 
maybe they'd want to be promoting that as the something you should pay, you know, full price for or retail for. Um, I don't know. What else is there? You're going to have to... If I could just find the name of this. Hold on. I've almost, almost got He's it. He's almost tracking it down. Where is... Yeah, it would be really... Uh, I'm I'm bad with these predictions. You can let us know in the comments below what you think it'll be, though, right? That's a good way Absolutely. to get involved. Absolutely. We'd love to see what I'm you like... audience members can come up with. I'm just trying to remember. What the hell was that? It was a platformer. It was a super cutesy, like, Pixar graphics-looking platformer from Christmas the first year of the console, so t- 2013. It came out, like, on Christmas Eve as a download. I, Anything I, else that you could offer? <laughs> in terms of it was sort of deceptively difficult because it looked very cute and kitty but it totally wasn't and i liked it but it it had a it's good share of flaws it's an xbox one game yes it did come out on 360 as well later what yeah no bells rung for me there all right here and i got a better way to search for this because i remember the developer press play that's what i was gonna say is like just look at their game xbox. library there box Gameography, is that a word? Like filmography? I'm going to make it one. A developer's yeah, gameography. You heard it here first. Patented, Sean Finnegan, comma IGN. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really... I haven't really gotten into... I mean, I'll download games. Max Curse of the Brotherhood. There we go. Oh, yeah. That's my Never would have guessed so that. So I'm going to go with Alan Wake on 360 and Max Curse of the Brotherhood on Xbox One. Awesome. That, that was a complete waste of everyone's time. I, that's what I was going to say. I was like, how many people you think found it way faster than we did in the time that it took us to do that? <sighs> or just tuned out because they were bored. Yep. Sorry All for right. that. Well, good stuff. Yeah. So those are the predictions. Uh, and then Forza Horizon 2 and Evolve are both 20% off this week. Yeah, on the Xbox store. That's, uh, that's like 12 bucks. So Not bad at 40, all. 48 bucks for Forza Horizon 2. Can't recommend that game enough. And Evolve for 48 is not bad either. So. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend, let's come right back. We'll do a little trivia and get on out of here. Show's running nice and long. This All week. right. I'm due somewhere, and they're going to be mad at me. <laughs> Unlock block. Can you take on the challenge? Yeah! All right, my friend, you have the, with, with Mitch unavailable, Marty out sick, mm-hmm. Destin is traveling. Yep. Max left. Yeah, you've got the gnomes is in my chance to uh, gain some ground on everybody in the Dookie Challenge. Oh, you're not just going to award me the point by default? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay. So our trivia question this week comes from Ruben Delgado. He's from Portugal. He's already won himself a download code for the Final Fantasy 15 playable demo, courtesy of a super generous fellow listener so uh thanks to the audience for supplying an awesome prize that ruben was very psyched to get his hands on and uh ruben's question was this which of the which of these games was not published published by microsoft's game studios for the original xbox so not necessarily developed but microsoft published themselves three of these uh games which one did they not publish was it Dead or Alive 3, Jade Empire, Counter-Strike, or Shenmue 2? This is a tough one. Uh, I believe in you, Sean. 
you have a chance to tie Destin for the lead for the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna add on here. And I really want to do that because it would just be so ironic if the person with the least knowledge ends up winning this thing. Uh, okay. I definitely remember. I actually Counter-Strike did being... know this one. Oh, you I didn't. Re- I remember oh, wow. this one. So let's see if you're able to remember uh, as well. I'm torn because I think it's either Dead or Alive 3 or Shenmue 2, just because I can't imagine Microsoft going, like, publishing what are, like, Japanese-developed games. Like, I would have, I would figure that they would have partnered with someone else for that. So I'm going to go ahead and say, between those two, I'm going to say Dead or Alive 3. You've chosen Dead or Alive 3. Oh, God. I don't like your tone. <laughs> You had a There's chance. The you, you had a, oh, you no, had a chance to catch up, up huh? and you did. Wait, yes. I did? Yes. Oh my. What Dead or Alive 3, published by Tecmo. What a twist. So uh, Jade Empire developed by Bioware, but published yep. by Microsoft. It was an Xbox exclusive. Counter-Strike, Valve, yep. but the, the Xbox version published by Microsoft. Remember, because I played that. Shenmue 2, Sega's game, but they published, Microsoft published it on the original Xbox. You are a wow. You I can't believe I got that, actually. Good job. Be a little more, you know, I know you're being humble. Right oh, now. I mean, I was 100% <laughs> sure that I knew that the whole time. All right. If, uh, if you would like to join, uh, or if you would like to try to test us, see if you can break Sean Finnegan, the shark's will to live with yeah. trivia. Test my infinite knowledge. <laughs> And if you want to win a, what is hopefully a video game, an Xbox game, we'll see how many codes we have around, send your Xbox-related trivia question along with four multiple-choice answers, please note the correct one, to unlocked at IGN.com, and we will play again next week. we got to get ourselves out of here, Sean. Yeah, we've been running long. Plugs Which shouldn't I don't take mind. long. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind either. I'd rather do this than work. Mm-hmm. Hope my bosses aren't listening. Yep. They are, actually. <laughs> this so. is work. That's It is. Those. That's absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. it's IGN. It's community building. Yes. Right? We're, I, we hear, I'm very fortunate. We hear from people all the time. They're like, love the podcast. It kills my like, long you know, oh, yeah. truck driver or I'm, you know, my time at the gym or my long commute time, whatever anytime it is. I hear, Anytime I see a tweet pop up from someone who listened to the episode, I'm super stoked. That's awesome. Absolutely. So... Uh, real quick, before I turn to you for your own plug, Sean, I'll just mm-hmm. mention IGN Prime. Uh, I hope you have subscribed already, or at least considered if you have not already. The website is IGN.com slash Prime. The reasons to subscribe, the benefit for us, it's 30 bucks a year. Uh, that helps keep us employed, helps keep the lights on here, helps keep the podcast going. Uh, but what you get is... Totally worth that thirty bucks. I think just the not having ads before your oh, videos totally, on IGN dude. is worth it alone. But you do also get uh, occasional beta access to certain games, both console and PC. And we often have uh, every month or two we have a free game that's mm-hmm. usually either a mobile or a PC title. But it's been good stuff. I mean, I think wasn't Hitman Go? Yeah, one of them. Absolutely. Yeah, like we've had some legit cool games. And so. we had like back in the day, Destiny keys were part of Destiny thing. beta keys. Yes. So uh, IGN.com/slash/prime thirty bucks for a one year subscription. Hope you'll consider that. Mr. Finnegan, take it away. Follow me on Twitter. I'm Finnegan. Also on Instagram, 
I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a director of photography, so I do a lot of photography a and DP, video. son. Yes, this is what is called a cinematographer. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in that stuff, come take a look. I'm always posting it on Twitter and on uh, my Instagram, and it's at I'm fitting in there as well. And then stay tuned to IGN next week because I will have a really awesome video going up very soon that I've been working hard on. You'll and then, know it uh, when you see it. Yes. And... Uh, then I also did a rewind theater of uh, Mission Impossible Five trailer, which is called uh, Rogue Nation with Darren Brazil, and that's a really cool trailer. And I just got to like nerd out about it for a long time with Darren. So check that out. That should be live too. Actually, did you see that trailer? I did see it. Really I, cool, right? Honestly, it oh, didn't. Oh come on! It was fine. Like I thought it was fine. I didn't blow me away. But are it you didn't an MI guy? I like them fine. Mm. I, I guess yeah. They don't. They just don't move the needle for me either positively or negatively. I've enjoyed watching. I think I don't think I've seen the last one, but oh, I saw okay. the first couple. Yeah. So. Well, so I mean, it kind of lost its legs there, and you know, in three or maybe even two. But uh, for mission for me, Mission Impossible is one of those series that it's like I never care about it until it comes out, and then I go see it, and I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. why don't I care about this? They're just fun. They're Absolutely. cool thriller movies. And truth be told, like. No one does action flicks like Tom Cruise, seriously. Like, That's true. That dude is an action superstar. That That's is a fact. Super cool. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I'm going to be on vacation starting next week, but we're going to record the show early before I leave. Awesome. And then I think, because I'm gone Wednesday to Wednesday. Oh, wow. So I think what we're going to try and do, we're going to record a little early next week on Tuesday and then maybe record late after I get back. Uh, Sounds good to me. Just, I mean, if you guys want to do a show while I'm gone, you could. But you know, if we just maybe kick it to Thursday, then um, I don't think you'll find any yeah, reluctance. Should there. work. Hopefully, nobody will mind too much if the show's a day late the that following week there. But there's lots going on. Uh, what am I up to right now? I mm, haven't reviewed yeah. anything. I was gonna say, like, what can you talk about? I know that it's you're just I'm, I'm in. It's <laughs> We're always of, up to something. Well, it's that time of year because believe it or not, E3 is already being discussed around here. Yep. There's just a lot of planning going on. Um, oh, I guess I will say this. Uh, come back on Monday to IGN, if, if not sooner. IGN first for April will kick off. Awesome. And I am very excited to reveal what that's going to be. I think it's a, I think it's a game that everyone listening and watching this show is very interested in. Yeah, and if you aren't aware of IGN first, then you've been living under a rock <laughs> if you're on IGN. Because they've all been... Every month so far has offered something unique and cool and different, and this month it's been even more varied because it's multiple games. Yeah, all like, the indie games. Yeah, it's been super cool. Yeah, we've been doing our best. But yeah, Monday is the kickoff for April's IGN first. I hope you'll check that out. Follow me on Twitter. Tell me if you like it. If you don't, whatever you want to say. Um, I like the one thing. Twitter is can be really bad, but the nice thing is the people that follow me mm -hmm. are all like super nice people because yeah. they are obviously interested in me mm. in some in some capacity. So it's it's the, i like i like engaging with uh, the followers on twitter it's fun yeah i mean it's fun to interact with nice people it's also just better because it's a more focused audience like yeah. you're not just randomly running it having run in encounters with <laughs> angry commenters who are angry for totally different reasons it is and funny. just want to assault you like 9 out of 10 times somebody says something trollish or horrible to me on twitter mm -hmm. i'll click on them and I'll be like, I'll bet this person doesn't even follow me. Sure enough. Yep. Nope. And I, I call those drive-by tweets. Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> that's it is. basically what they are. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. That's Sean Finnegan. I want to thank Max Scoville as well for his time to talk Metal Gear. 
So much to discuss on this week's show. I'm glad we, what we got. Holy hell. Yeah, it's a fat one. Hour and 20 plus minute show this week. So hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back for 189 next week. I'm hoping to try and get some news on Unlock 200 that I can share soon. Totally. A lot of There's a lot of gears in motion for that. And no, that wasn't like some sort of veiled Gears of War reference. Just an old Scoop. expression. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Podcast Unlocked is revealing Gears of War 4 at their on episode 200. You it's heard funny. it here first. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> oh, anyway, should stop now before mm. I just ruin everything. You're just digging the hole even I deeper. Know. I know. That's what I do. That's what they pay me for. Mm. Uh, so thank you all very much. Most of you listen to the show on iTunes, but now remember it's also on the IGN Xbox One app. If you want to watch us on video or just leave it on in the background, background while you're doing other things in the room, check it out. Good times. Sean, thank you, sir. Thank you. See you all again next week. Goodbye. there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.